What I want to do is it's begin uh, teaching today from uh, St. John chapter 3. It's a very familiar text, and so we're going to be talking about being born again. But first of all, let me mention to you that uh, we've been talking lately about the manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord. Most of us have been involved in that over the last several months. And then last Sunday we talked about the symbols of the Holy Spirit, beginning with the symbol of rain and how it refreshes and what it does and how that uh, God is moving in that area. One of the great things about uh, understanding the Lord is that God Almighty sent his son Jesus Christ, came to this earth, lived, died, rose again, and revealed who God was so we could understand God a whole lot better. When it comes to the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, sometimes understanding him is not easy. But God has used symbols like rain, like water, like a river, like today as we'll be sharing with you uh, the uh, wind of the Lord. And it is very exciting. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand and they'll make sure you get one. Everyone that does, want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. While you're doing that, I want to also mention to you that Thursday, this is going to be April the 13th, the Thursday before Easter, <clears throat> we're going to have what is called Monday Thursday. And we'll be gathering on Club Boulevard at the Mosaic Church. The Mosaic Church is very easy to find, and we want everyone to be there. There are going to be about uh, <clears throat> 40 ministers that's going to be involved in that. Churches from all around are going to be involved in that. And we're going to be partaking of communion. It's going to be great to see all these churches coming together. All these denominations coming together. All races, creeds and colors coming together. Taking communion at the Lord's uh, table and celebrating this great uh, occasion. So we encourage you that we have several of these. If you'll pick those up and invite a friend or a neighbor, the Monday, Thursday, that is the Thursday before Easter, which is April the 13th. Please make sure you plan to be there. Okay. It is from seven o'clock to eight thirty, an hour and a half of wonderful, wonderful gatherings and singing and praising the Lord. Let me read with, if you will, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most Assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Then notice what he says here in verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And then it has a little in here on it which says, we cannot comprehend or control the Spirit, but we certainly experience His effect. Father, bless the reading of your word. God, is a song that we sung earlier. Open us our eyes that we might see. Open our understanding that we might understand. We pray that you might bless, dear God, as the word of God is spoken and reveal your truth in Christ's name. Amen. I want us to understand this scripture. It's a very familiar text. And so I looked at Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this word. And it reads thus so in the message. Stay with me as we read this paraphrase of John chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. There was a man of the Pharisees sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we we all know you're a teacher straight from God. You're absolute, no one rather, he says, could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. I want to read that again because to understand this is very important. This well-learned Jewish man did not understand it. And today we're living in a generation where people don't understand the Bible. They don't read the Bible. They don't understand especially the spiritual things that God is trying to reveal today. And so it says here, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Or let me back up. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. And that's the the, the purpose of the miracles of God. Each miracle... Certainly, whether it's healing, whatever it might be, it's certainly to benefit the individual. But the purpose and the main goal of miracles and the power of God is to reveal none other than God himself, than Jesus Christ himself. He says, unless a person is born from above, it's impossible to see what I'm pointing to. I'm pointing to God's kingdom. And that's what we want to understand. Then he says, how can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said, you're not listening. Listen. And I believe that's what the Lord would say today. You're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits To this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape 
within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So Jesus said, don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough to know the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. And he goes on to say it this way. That's the way it is with everyone born from above, the wind of God, by the wind of God, and certainly by the Spirit of God. So this is a bedrock, fundamental foundation of the Christian faith. Believing that you must be born again. And so Jesus Christ himself is taking time to explain it to this well-learned Jewish leader in Jerusalem. And he's having a hard time comprehending this. God is saying there is something about the wind, there is something about the breath of God, there is something about the Spirit of God. In order for us to understand that, we must understand it through the the Spirit. Look at the introduction now. Wind serves as, as a particular good symbol of the Holy Spirit. Wind, by its very nature, is invisible and by its very nature is unpredictable. The original, and this is interesting, the original Hebrew and Greek words for spirit can be translated as when both Hebrew, which the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and both and the other Greek, which was written, the New Testament was written in Greek, both of these can be translated spirit or when the wind that appeared on Pentecost, Acts chapter two and two, was reminiscent of the wind that blew over the waters at the beginning of creation, Genesis chapter one and verse two. Listen to this word, Genesis one and two. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The word spirit means breath or wind so that the Holy Spirit could literally be called the wind or the breath of God. So when we're talking about wind here, we're talking about the spirit, but yet God uses the analogy of the wind for us to get some kind of an understanding, some kind of a grip upon His Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to understand the Holy Spirit and what God is doing through His Spirit in our world today, in our churches today. It should be moving. First of all, the life-changing effects of the wind. The work of the Holy Spirit is the born-again experience. We're born, not a natural body, but a spiritual body. We come to Jesus Christ. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. And then spiritually, mankind is born again. But this is not the end. It's simply the beginning of our relationship with God. Simply the beginning of our relationship with the Spirit of God. So you have the work of the Spirit when it comes to a person an individual being saved, being born again. 
Then second of all, the work of the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Spirit. Look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a what? Rushing, mighty wind. And notice what happened when this happened. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there was first of all this loud, it was a hurricane-type sound. In fact, I believe that's one of the things that grew the, drew the crowd to this particular place. Was this great rumbling, this great sound that the initial giving of the Holy Spirit to the church. And, and, and it was a powerful, powerful move of God. So you have the work of the Holy Spirit in the person and an individual being born again. You have the work of the Holy Spirit when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that there is a, a, an initial receiving of the Spirit when we're saved. But we believe there's a subsequent baptism of the Holy Spirit, a new experience that is taught throughout the book of Acts and is taught also by the Apostle Paul. Brother Don, you believe that's for us today? Amen. And I believe God wants us to experience his Holy Spirit, a relationship with him through salvation. But I also believe that God wants us to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, in our walk with him. Look at number two, the wind of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, agree, I got this from a Scottish writer, a well-known Scottish writer by the name of James S. Stewart. And I thought this was one of the most beautiful description of this uh, born-again experience that Jesus talked to Nicodemus about. Look at your notes. First of all, you have the ceaseless action of the Spirit. The wind blows. There is never a moment when the wind's not blowing. Now, wind is air with movement. And we have to have that air to live. But he's talking about this this great move. And the wind blows. And it's blowing today in the church. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He's moving today in the church. It's a ceaseless action of the Spirit. Then number two, the sovereign freedom of the Spirit. The wind blows where it wishes. How many of you know no man can control the wind? No man man has the power to do that. And so the Holy Spirit blows where it wishes. God's blowing today. And there are people that would like to stop it, but they can't stop it. God's spirit is moving. He's moving in churches. He's moving in people's lives. He's moving all the time 
If we'll just allow him, he'll move in our life. Then number three, the indisputable evidence of the Spirit. And here we have Jesus saying, you hear the sound thereof. I thought this was so important. Notice what I put here. He makes himself evident. His presence felt. You know the living God is at work in this place. You ever been to a place, a church worship where it was dead and there was no activity of the spirit. And then you go to an, a service or you go to a, a, a gathering where the Holy Spirit is moving. And there is no doubt the spirit of God is in this place. They sung about that this morning. The atmosphere is changing because the spirit is here. You can't see it, but you can see the evidence of it. People are saved. People are moved. People weep. They shout. They praise God. People are healed. Miracles take place. The activity of the Holy Spirit. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effect of the wind as it blows the trees and as it moves through the community. The same way it is, of course, with the Spirit of God. Number four, the unscrupable origin of the Spirit, but cannot tell where it comes from, you can't tell. We, we try to figure God out, but we can't. We try to figure the Spirit out, but we can't. Notice what I put here in number, number four. We do not know what God has been doing before beginning his work at this point and in this place only that he has. Now, I believe when we go work for God and we go cook and fix uh, uh, hot dogs and we get out in the community we, we ought to have prayed and say God will you already move in that community will you touch hearts and lives and convict hearts and lives and we need to believe that most of the time I'm the first one that gets to the church on Sunday morning and I come in and it's quiet and somewhat dark and I come in let me tell you what's already here. The Spirit of the Lord. God is already moving. We don't know. We try to figure it out. We say, well, I hope God shows up. He shows up. He's here. Well, I hope God saves so and so. If we pray, have faith in God, and believe God, God will bring conviction to those that we witness to. He's moving. Let me say it again. What he says, we do not know what God has been doing before the beginning of his work at this point and in this place, only that he has. He's moving. And it's time for the church to realize by faith, I'm believing God that he has and that he is, listen at me, that he has and he is doing a work. God is moving. I don't see him. I don't necessarily feel him. But the Holy Spirit is in this place. I'm not talking about something that's, that, that, that's scary. I'm talking about something that's a blessing. I'm not talking about something that will minister to us if we only believe and accept. Notice number five. The incapable, capable, incapable. Good word. Destiny of the Spirit. And where he goes, and where he goes. You cannot tell where he goes. 
You cannot calculate. Say, God, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. The thing for us to do is be in tune with him and go where he carries us. Do what he says. Move at his bidding. You know, we come in church on Sunday morning and we visit our neighbor or we do whatever. And we say, well, I just hope God moves. God's going to move. Believe that. God's spirit's here just like the wind's here. And he will move. And God will take us and move us and cause us to be effective for him. But it's not only in church. It's on your job. It's in your school. If we'll be mindful of it. It will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The wind of the Spirit is moving. The ceaseless action of the Spirit, the sovereignty of the Spirit, the freedom of the Spirit, the origin of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit, the destiny of the Spirit. Where is he going? What's he going to do? And I'm glad to be part of something that's excitable To where maybe I don't know everything, but I do trust God. And I'm going to do what he says do and go where he says go. Number three, we need the wind of the Spirit to blow through our hearts, replacing. Now, here we go. This is the Holy Spirit. And we need him to replace fear with faith, anger with uh, with forgiveness, doubt with hope, anger with love, pride with humility, envy with kindness, Cowardness with courage, selfishness with generosity. How can all of these things happen in my life? How can these things happen in your life? All of these things that may be wrong with us, some of them that we can see change to better, it is through and by the Holy Spirit. But we must allow him to blow and move into our lives. The wind is a transforming force. The Holy Spirit is a transforming force. I love what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. Listen to it. Chapter 4 and verse 19. My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. That's what the Spirit is doing. When we come to Christ, we, we're just beginning as babes. We start out. God takes the old nature out of us through his Holy Spirit and puts the new nature in us. The problem with so many people not changing their lives, they've not allowed the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, to take the old nature out and put a new nature in. There was a gentleman that found a rabbit little baby rabbit. And uh, it was so small, it was out of its nest, and so he took it home. And he got him a, uh, a little baby nipple and put milk in a little container and fed that rabbit. And that rabbit grew. He had several children. And that rabbit, that rabbit was a pet, and they loved that rabbit. He, they could pick it up any time and cuddle it any time, and, and the rabbit would go where it wanted to, and it would go to its coop at night and then get out and come back. And then as time went on, they noticed that the rabbit would go out and stay out longer, and, and then it would stay longer and stay longer. 
And then one day it left and never came back. You know why? It had that wild nature in it. And it never got out. There was no changing. And the thing for us, if we try to get rid of sin, if we try to give up habits, and we say, I'm not going to do that any longer. I'm not going to say that any longer. I'm not going to pile around with those folks anymore. I'm going to change my life. But unless we allow the Holy Spirit to change our nature, we'll be right back where we were. Because of that nature that draws us. He wants to change our lives. Things won't change our lives. What somebody says to us won't change our lives. Trying to turn over a new leaf won't change our lives. Prison will not change our lives. Nothing will change our lives except Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, and the wind of the Lord. Amen? We need the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow through our hearts and blow through this church and remove all the dirt and debris and the ungodliness out of our lives so we can stand holy and pure before the Lord. It will happen. Let him do it. Let him do it. The the thing we we have such a, a problem with is that we don't understand it. We don't understand it. And that that we don't understand, we don't want to go towards it or touch it. But listen, trust God. Trust his Holy Spirit. Trust his word. Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit. The water of the word of God. It takes God's word and God's Holy Spirit to change our lives. It will happen. It will happen. As I was studying this particular subject, This week, I felt the next part that I'm going to share with you and be briefly with you, if you will, was going to be the several people in this church. The wind of change. Some of us, if we will allow God to affect us, will experience the wind of change. Most of us are familiar with the two prophets, Elijah. And Elisha, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was about to go to heaven and he needed a successor. And so he threw his mantle around the man, Elisha. And then sometimes later, sometime later, when it was about time for him to be taken to heaven, he took Elisha with them on a trip. And notice what it says in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. They traveled from here to the next city, from the next city to the other one. And they kept going, and they kept going, and they crossed the Jordan. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a world wind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And that was one of the stipulations that Elijah said. He said, Elisha, you've got to see me when I'm taken up. Now can you imagine two men walking along And all of a sudden, there's this great world, hurricane-type whirlwind. And there are horses of fire. This great visual happening. 
And it separates Elijah from Elisha. It wasn't time for Elisha to go. Just Elijah. It separated them. And it appeared there. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had went that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, "Where is the Lord God of Elijah?" And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Wow. What an experience. What a change. Change him from Elijah to Elisha. And he, in his walk, he told Elijah, Elisha did, uh, I want a double portion of the Spirit of God that, that you have. And God gave him that double portion. If you follow the miracles in their lives, Elisha performed just double the miracles that Elijah performed. This great wind of change to this, this great man of God. And God used him in such a powerful way. I believe that God wants you, my friend, to experience the wind of change in your life. But notice what we have. God wants you to experience a new power. Second of all, to experience the new power that the wind of change brings, we must be ready to tear off our old garments and get into our new garments. Tear off our old garments and get into the new. Once Elijah was gone and his mantle fell, Elisha took and he tore his old garment and he picked up the mantle and he put it on. The mantle of ministry, the mantle of anointing. The mantle of power. He had that. God wants to give some of you that same kind of anointing. That same kind of change in your life. Do you want to change? I do. I want more of God. Then notice number three. Taking up the mantle of God. The sheepskin garment of ministry. The sheepskin garment of a prophet. A symbol of the anointing and the authority of God, but also the mantle of sacrifice and commitment. Some of us want the power of God in our lives, but we're not going to have it until we're willing to go all the way. Elijah tried to get Elisha to stay at several of the, of the places that they had stopped. And Elisha told Elijah, I'm not going to stay here. If you go, I'm going with you. Some of the prophets tried to tell him, don't go with Elijah because he's going to be taken up and you'll be left by yourself. Elisha said, I know it, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be trustworthy. I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going all the way. If you want the Holy Spirit, the wind of change to affect your life, be willing to go to the next place that God's calling you. Be willing to tear off those old clothes. Some of us need to get rid of our old rags. And I'm not talking about physical either. Some of us need to tear some of the things in our lives out. 
We've got sin there. Listen at us. We've got sin there. We do things we know we shouldn't do. We struggle with habits in our lives. And we know we've tried to give them up. And we've tried to get rid of them. God is not going to use us until, first of all, we tear off our old. The new is not going to do us any good until we remove the old. Get rid of those old gods. Get rid of them. I wonder, are drugs your God? Is alcohol your, your God? Is lust your God? Is lying your God? You just have to tell it. I know people that they lie, they lie, they lie. Christians, they lie. It's important that we understand God wants us to get rid of these things. He'll never use us as, as we desire him to use us. There will never be the winds of change in our life till we say, Lord, I lay this on the altar. I know you don't hear this kind of preaching a lot of times because we don't like to get rid of them. We don't want to sanctify ourselves that he might sanctify us wholly. God is calling us to that point in our lives where we can give those up and say, Lord, no longer, no longer. Are you struggling? Maybe your nature needs to be changed. Are you struggling? Maybe you need to turn to chapter Eight of Romans and realize that the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in you, do a cleansing work, a forgiving work, an empowering work. The wind of change is coming. Are we going to be part of it? I don't know which way it's coming. I don't know how, I don't know which way he's going, but I'll tell you what, whatever he bids me do, I want to be able to do it. Pray with me. Father, we thank you because of your love to us and toward us. We thank you for the wind and the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the revelation of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, dear God, because we know that you're speaking to hearts in this place today. Thank you because we know that you're revealing yourself to us. And Lord, I'm not sure that any of us understand it all the way, but we can understand it enough that we surrender to you. We can understand it enough that we'll say, God, not me, but you. We can understand it enough that we'll be the ones that will point people to the kingdom. Lord, we can understand it enough that we'll know how to pray a prayer of repentance. That you'll forgive us. And that we'll no longer, dear God, live that lifestyle that we're living. That we're no longer, dear God, be tempted or yield to that temptation. But we'll have victory over whatever it might be. And Father, I pray for every, every man here today. Lord, there may be men that they've struggled in all kinds of ways in their life. Maybe even they are not honest with themselves when it comes to the sins that they harbor in their lives, the thoughts, the lust. God, you're able to come and remove that. You can take that old nature far away and take and put your Holy Spirit in us. The Word of God can change us today. I pray for every man that's struggling with the spirit of lust today. I pray for them to be victorious. May they humbly ask your Holy Spirit to do a work in them. I pray, God, that you might 
Help us as men that we will be dads and husbands that we ought to be. God, that we'll not allow anger to control our lives, but we'll display the love and kindness of Jesus Christ. God, replace anger. Replace that anger, dear God. Replace it with love. Replace replace that pride with humility. We we pray and we ask you this morning, God, replace that envy with kindness. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today. Our selfishness. That the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, may replace that with generosity. God, grant it this morning. God, we pray as Paul wrote to the Galatians that Jesus Christ would be formed in our lives. May our walk and our talk be characteristic of Jesus Christ. May our life, dear God, display the fruit of the Spirit. There's a spirit of lying in this place today. I feel it. There may be several that entertain this spirit. Let me tell you something. The spirit of truth, God's Holy Spirit, can replace that spirit of lying with the spirit of truth. And Father, I pray against this spirit. I pray, dear God, first of all, that you would touch the individual or individuals, Lord, that harbor a spirit of lying. They lie for convenience sake. They lie to deceive. They lie to get their way. God, we pray against this spirit in Jesus' name. And we pray, God, that their lips would speak none other than truth. God, there's there's a spirit of alcohol in this place today. We come against that spirit of alcohol in Jesus' name. God, we know how destructive, how devastating, dear God, the spirit can be. Yes, it's a natural and physical addiction, but it's also a spiritual. God, we pray against this spirit of alcohol. Set free those that are bound. Liberate them. Hallelujah. God, let them taste the honey of your word. Rather than desiring, dear God, a destructive alcohol, may they taste the honey of your word. Replace it. And then they say once and for all, never again will I pick up this habit. Set free today, dear God. God, I pray against the spirit of lust. The spirit of pornography. We curse it in Jesus' name. 
We pray against it. And replace that lust with love. True agape love. Give victory. Give victory in Jesus name. Lord I come against the spirit of gambling. More and more God we are hooked on the lottery. I pray against it in Jesus name. And I pray, God, that you'd give freedom in this area. Never once again will we go into a store and spend money that should be put to food for something that we just throw it away. But, God, it becomes more and more and more an addiction. And sin takes us farther than we want to go, makes us pay more than we want to pay. And it keeps us longer than we want to stay. God, I come against this spirit of gambling today in the name of Jesus. I pray against the spirit of criticism, gossip. God, I pray for those that are, they just got to talk about somebody and talk about things that they shouldn't. Sanctify their minds, sanctify their lips. May they speak forth life. May their conversation be pleasing in your sight. We pray against this spirit of gossip in Jesus' name. I pray against the spirit of laziness. I pray, God, that you might touch those that have a tendency, dear God, to be lazy. I ask God that you would give them energy and resistance. May they know what it is to be successful. Pray against the spirit of stinginess. Give them the spirit of liberality. God, I believe it in Jesus' name. I believe it in Jesus' name. I thank you, dear God. I can just see, folks, these spirits being loosed. But you've got to do your part. You've got to own up to it. You've got to recognize it. The Bible says, if we submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from us. Did you hear that? It didn't say just resist the devil. If we will submit to God... Submit to this prayer. Submit to the Spirit. Submit to the wind of the Holy Spirit. Resist the devil and he'll flee from us. Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be at liberty? Don't you want the wind and the power and the Spirit of God to blow through you with refreshing, with an anointing, with power? Oh, God, we tear off our old clothes today. All of these things that we've mentioned, we rip them away from us by faith. We get a holy indignation. We stand on faith and stand on your word and believe you, God, that we'll no longer walk around with a ring in our nose by the devil. But we are free. We are free. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The wind bloweth where it wishes. And you can't tell from where it comes from. And you can't tell from where it goes. No one can domesticate the Spirit of God. It takes and goes. where, it, And he's moving in this place today. How do you know he's moving, Pastor? He was here when I opened and unlocked the first door of this building. Hallelujah. He's here. Hallelujah.